Polymita Day has arrived here at Animalia. Your first question might be, what the heck is a polymita? Well, the specific species we are talking about today is the Polymita picta. It's an incredible, beautiful snail endemic to Cuba. They're part of the gastropod class they share with other snails and slugs, and the phylum of mollusk, which they share with the giant squid. They're known for their trademark colored shells. These snails are stunning in so many ways, but their beauty has also been their downfall, since so many are killing them to turn them into art and necklaces. So why are we talking about a seemingly random snail in Cuba? Well, for one, polymetas are seriously threatened, and this is putting the Cuban rainforest at risk. We often think of Cuba as Havana, nightlife, dancing, and yeah, that's there. But it's mostly forest. And it's critical to the environment and to the ecosystems all around the Caribbean, even in southern United States. If we dig a little deeper, I believe protecting polymitas represents a really important signal in conservation overall. What I mean by this is when we think of threatened species, We often think of larger mammals, be it tigers or rhinos or elephants or pandas. A small invertebrate, like a snail, doesn't get the same kind of attention and support. Many psychologists say this is because we are attracted to animals with faces somewhat structured like our own. This allows us to relate to them and subconsciously feel more attraction towards them. Hence, why those animals get the bulk of attention. But we want to shift that here at Animalia. Sometimes the smallest animals, the smallest creatures, can have the biggest impact. And you're going to learn just why and how in this episode today about the polymita. And you can also directly support the work being done in Cuba to save this critical species by purchasing our limited collection of designer hoodies and sweats dedicated to the polymita which we'll link to in the podcast notes. Okay, so what is that vital role that these snails play in the rainforest? And why are they called forest engineers? Well, for one, they consume fungi, moss, and lichens from trees. And this turns out to really help trees maximize photosynthesis. Fungi especially can be very dangerous to trees and incite disease. So the creatures that consume them, i.e. the polymita, are quite valuable. They're also critical prey for other species like hawks. And if you know how the food chain works, which I'm pretty sure all of our listeners do, you understand that taking anything out of that food chain can have massive domino effect in a negative way. But sadly, polymetas are under serious threat. Now, it's hard to precisely measure the population size of such a small forest creature like a snail. And you'll learn in the podcast when we talk to the biologist who leads the work in Cuba, one way they do it is looking at density. To give you an idea, when they measure off certain areas to look at density of snails, and they extrapolate that to the larger snail population, they've seen density drop by as much as 95%. So what's causing this? Well, it's a combination of habitat loss, climate change, 
and invasive species that have certainly had negative effects. The biggest threat, though, like always, are good old human beings. Polymatous snails are being poached for their shells, which are then sold in necklaces and art and collectibles. And while this is technically illegal in Cuba and illegal in many countries, it's still rarely enforced. In fact, we're not supposed to sell polymetas in the United States. Polymetas are now protected as a Appendix 1 species on sites as of 2017. But guess where you can go find lots of polymetas today? eBay.com. Go ahead, try it. Go to eBay.com and search for polymetas, and you are going to find shells of a threatened species. This is no different than finding elephant ivory or tiger bones. In fact, we contacted eBay and told them about this and said, hey, you have a threatened species being sold on your site all over the place. Their response was a link to their policy on wildlife conservation. In that policy, it reads, any site's Appendix 1 endangered species is not allowed to be sold on eBay. So we merely responded to them, have you read your own policy? Joining us today is, without a doubt, the Polymeda expert, hero, if she could be a Polymeda, she probably would. Uh, she has spent her entire life and career as a biologist dedicated to saving the species. She's one of the most inspiring people you'll ever come across. Her name is Norvis Hernandez. She's a remarkable woman with one mission in life, save this critical species. Now, this is a hard life in Cuba. It's a country ravaged by political turmoil and international sanctions. Just speaking to Norvis was hard. Cubans can't access Zoom or Skype or many other mobile services. So we actually had to use WhatsApp and record it on a speakerphone onto the computer. So we did our best, but forgive us if the sound quality is not as crisp as some of our episodes. She just couldn't use our recording software. There's so much to learn in this episode, and we think you'll come out of it being a champion for these beautiful snails. And hopefully, you can support the program in purchasing one of our Polymeda-themed hoodies or sweats. Again, we'll link in the bio. We had to record the chats with Norvis in Spanish, but our friend Danny was kind enough to translate for us throughout the episode. So throughout, you're going to hear Norvis kind of talking and giving her answers in the background as Danny is providing the translation over top of it. Big thanks to Danny for helping us out. James, she said that she's going to try to speak slow because Cubans speak so fast, but she's going to try it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, okay, we're, we're officially recording, um, and we're going to do our best to make this work. I know it's hard um, because of uh, restrictions in Cuba, so thank you, Norvis, for give, uh, giving it a shot. We started by asking Norvis when she first started noticing polymetas and working with them in Cuba. Since she was super leader, she uh, lives in the countryside where there were a lot of coffee camps and 
um, a lot of polymeras. Uh, she first discovered uh, the yellow ones and from different colors. Her parents loved animals and they're passionate about like um, animals. And since she's little, she's working on the coffee fields where the polymeras really like to live. So um, since that moment, she started working in there and she discovered the, the polymeras. Cuba is actually 30% forest, and the forest plays a big role in Cuban culture. I'm so proud of, of the forest and, and the nature overall. Um, she said that now uh, every, every city uh, has... Um, have to protect the, the, the species and, and and the forest and and they need to um, ensure it's not uh, the people don't destroy it um, and that is something that during the pandemic she noticed that people is taking more um, more aware of that now people are, are telling her like hey I would love to live where you live because you have so many beautiful places to go and so a lot of nature and you're so uh, lucky to live in a place like that. She also mentioned that she had a lot of uh, uh, species like bears that she's also protecting as well as polymeras. So she really likes the, the place that she, the, the, she lives and a lot of people are also helping in protecting Norvis then explained for us the vital role polymeters play in protecting and serving these forests. Polymeras provide a, a, a good a, a ecosystem because they avoid mushrooms to grow on trees and the leaf, and they can kind of like eat that... Um, mushrooms that is growing in, in these plants so that actually help the plants to um, uh, have a better uh, photosynthesis process which is super helpful for the overall environment and the forest. They are important because they clean the leaf of the coffee field and other type of fields with help with the agriculture. I asked Norvis what would happen if polymeda disappeared altogether, and her answer was very interesting. Her first response was not about the forest or the moral argument. It's actually about Cuban culture. She told us that polymeda's are part of Cuban's identity, and losing them would be a big blow to this identity and culture. She went on to explain what we discussed in the opener and how they really help trees with photosynthesis by eating fungi, moss, and lichens. Fungal diseases can be very harmful to trees. And a species like lichen, which is actually a complex species made up of fungi and algae, are not always bad for trees necessarily, like moss, but if they're in great abundance, they're essentially competing for some of the resources for photosynthesis. Polymedas help with both. Finally, Norvis reminded us that many other species, such as hawks, rely on polymeters for food themselves. And if you take out that food supply, they can disappear over time. Uh, yet a lot of people in Cuba 
are poaching them today and killing them to sell them. Um, and I, I know it's probably for survival, uh, because it's hard to make money. Um, but, um, why isn't, uh, is what, why is, why aren't there more people, um, or are there maybe that stand against this, that, um, like how is it, is it culturally taboo? Do people have do people that are killing them have to do it secretly and unnoticed because they don't want to be known or is it normal to do this? Um, in order to make a living. No, it's illegal. It's a commerce illegal. She said that it's illegal. Uh, in Cuba, it's illegal to kill them, to sell them, uh, and to traffic them. So the people who, who does that, they do it without any permission. So they do it in secret. So definitely it's not something that is acceptable, but it's still something that is happening. I explained to Norvis what I had found on eBay. Dozens of listings for polymeda snails for sale, despite it technically being against their very own policy. So how helpful would it be if companies outside of Cuba, such as here in the United States, crack down on allowing polymeda snails to be sold in the marketplaces? This is something that will help so much to the polymeda uh, issues right now. So if other countries also prohibit the, the, uh, the, the selling and the killing of, of these species is definitely going to take the issue from the root and is going to um, improve the, the, the whole issue. She said that the polymeras are so beautiful and so unique that when you see the, uh, the, the animal, you, you see that um, it's like a rainbow. It's just so, so unique and so beautiful. So their own beauty is something good and something bad for them because they all all of the people want to own them and that's why uh they're so rare 2016 declared like illegal and 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 if someone is caught in other country with polymeras then uh they can go to jail so this is like internationally recognized however people still has climate change impacted things for the polymeras well Norvis's team in Cuba is still investigating, and these things take years to draw conclusive evidence. For example, in Norvis's hometown, there has been severe droughts that are getting worse and worse, decade after decade. The lack of rainfall is hurting all the life that competes for water, and polymetas, given their limited physical abilities, are, well, not that well equipped to compete for resources. You might be asking, well, how are populations of such a small animal measured? We can't track them with GPS collars like wolves or many larger African mammals. It's a challenge indeed. So we asked Norvis. They're so small, they kind of like group them. And um, through measuring the density of, of, of the population that they have in that specific area, they count the younger polymeras and the older polymeras, and they can have an estimate of how many they have. What she is describing here is a scientific method called extrapolation. Essentially, you extrapolate the population estimates of a species by mapping changes in small areas that you sort of pick at random throughout their area of coverage. This is similar to, let's say, how Nielsen does TV ratings. 
when you see how many households watch the show or, or what the ratings are for uh, for television, kind of dating myself here with linear television since it's all it's a whole platform based now. Um, but how they would do it is like they no, they didn't have every single household uh, data. They would extrapolate. They would get data from a large enough percentage of households that was statistically relevant across a wide enough set of demographics that they represented the general population. So this is used in uh, lots of areas, and that's how they do the same thing. So this is used in lots of ways. Uh, so this is used in lots of data practices, and it's what's used to measure the changes in polymeter populations. We asked Norvis, what is the most difficult thing about polymeter conservation? And her answer was <laughs> equal parts deeply personal and gut-wrenching. It's honestly in this question and her answer, you can viscerally feel her love for this species. One of the hardest part of her, of her work is to go to a place and find out that people are selling the polymeras. She cannot do anything at that moment because she doesn't like the violence. But um, at the same time, she feels that that um that she that, that she cannot do anything she she cannot feel she she doesn't feel power um at all to say like don't do that or 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 anything because he will still do it another thing that has been super hard for her is that she has been protecting a lot of uh, populations of polymeras as, as, as she mentioned However, when she goes to an area that he, that she had been working so hard for many years and she noticed that the population got reduced, um, that's also very, very hard for her. There is hope. Norvis and her team are doing incredible work both in the field and in local communities. She recognizes that getting local Cuban kids involved and caring early on not only protects polymetas, but inspires them to study science and biology for a career as well. If she educates kids, um, um, they will grow up understanding the importance and the impact of the polymetas. So she told me that, uh, she's saying that um, uh, she worked with kids that now uh, have a better understanding on why polymeras are important, and now they they and now they want to study biology as well to continue that uh, uh, conservation. And she's also saying that another way to generate impact is to um, uh, use art as a way to create uh, awareness. Because there are kids that can create uh, art with, I don't know, no, no sé cómo decir barro en inglés. Um, barro. Como ceramic, 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 or ceramic. Uh, so they, they are building like this beautiful um, polymita art without actually killing the polymeras. So this is. Um, helping the, the, the tourists to buy from, from that art and, and collecting money to actually help children. So children understand that somehow nature is helping them to get better. Norvis is also a big believer in protecting agricultural lands as, well, polymeda sanctuaries, if you will, like the coffee fields she grew up on. 
what she's referencing as farms in her audio here is is really referring to growers that are also adopting polymeter protection, not polymeter specific farms like it might sound like. And this in turn helps the crops as well. And wouldn't you know it, protecting a natural species in the natural world equals protecting ourselves and enriching our food supply. She thinks that the answer to your question is that uh, they need to create farms of polymeras um, because this way they can protect them and no one can harm the polymeras, right? Um, also, she, she mentioned that another way is to take the tourists to go and take pictures, um, but not getting the, the, the not killing the polymeras to, to get the, the souvenir. She's also saying that she has been creating these farms and the farms are actually uh, protecting many colors, but not most of the colors. So maybe a way to help the polymeras to survive is to create more farms of polymeras with more of the colors. If the polymeras could speak and they had a press conference for the world, what would the polymeras say to the world? She definitely thinks that they will ask for help. Um, they will be like, please help me. Um, because she also compared them as a beautiful woman. Like some, some of them are super beautiful and um but that is also a, a disadvantage because they're very slow so they cannot like uh defend themselves mm. so that's why people take advantage of them so she definitely believes that they will ask for help she also mentioned that she will help them until the end of her days mm -hmm. because um she won't stop fighting and and trying to 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 maintain them alive and change the perspective that people has on the beautiful poemitas. El mundo me pregunta cuando me hace una entrevista sobre por qué no tengo hijos y no me he casado nunca. A lot of people when she gets interviewed ask her like, oh, why you haven't get married or why you haven't have kids? And she and and a lot of people ask and like it's because of the poemitas and. And she says that, yeah, she, she thinks it's because of that she have decided to um, put her on the second um, step and, and, and she wants to, she wanted to only focus on the polymeras and the ecosystem and, and what she re really feel passionate about. And, and she just mentioned that this is something funny because a lot of people ask her like, uh, where she hasn't getting married or having like creating a family and whatever. So she she's really proud to say that it's because of the Polymeras. <laughs> well, that's all we have today. It's honestly, it's an honor to talk to Norvis. We have been researching this story and talking to Norvis since last August. Uh, it's, it's really inspiring and incredible to see someone so dedicated to serving something so small. You know, how many times have you walked on a hike or, you know, been in a yard and come across a snail and not think twice about, about that animal. And sadly, like I've been, I've done the same. Every animal in the natural world matters. 
every animal plays a role. Every animal has a right to life. And polymetas are no different. We're very proud here at Animalia to share this story. Very proud to protect polymetas and stand up for them. And we hope all of you can do the same. You can support our polymeter program in one of two ways. One, you can dance. And yeah, we mean dance. We made a polymeta music video. Legit. It's online. The link is in uh, the show notes. And if you want to support that, you can share it on TikTok or Instagram. Um, recreate the dance yourself and tag it with Dance for Polymetas. You can also support by picking up one of our Polymeta hoodies or sweats or a combination. They're designed by designer and my sister, uh, Dana Veraldi, through her brand, Dear Dana. And uh, they're really incredible. They're made of 100% recycled cotton. Thank you, Groceries Apparels, for providing the material and the blanks. And uh, they, they just really turned out great. Really, really proud of it. And uh, I think you're going to love it. So that's it for today. Thank you all. Hope, hope you learned something. Hope it was inspiring. And uh, let us know if you have any questions about Polymeta or if you want us to pass anything on to Norvis. Thanks. Thanks.